Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone. Bienvenidos. So happy to be here. Muy contento de estar aquí hoy. Today, I have a special guest that I'm so excited. We just met right before coming on, but I saw her on Sounds True. I heard her on Sounds True, and there was something that really called to my spirit that I needed to connect with this woman, that I needed to have this conversation. So please open your hearts and help me welcome Achuria Shunya. Thank you so much, Vanessa. It's my privilege to be here. Thank you, Shunya. Thank you for being here. And before we get into this beautiful conversation that I know you're going to enjoy as much as I will, um, let's go into Shunya's bio. And so Achuria Shunya is a truth teller who facilitates authenticity, self-remembrance, and divine feminine pathways to awakening within. The first female head of her 2,000-year-old Indian spiritual lineage, Shunya reinterprets and recontextualizes ancient teachings from modern times, empowering people everywhere to lead fearless, fulfilled, and enlightened lives. She is a president of Awakened Self Foundation and a founder of Vedika Global Inc. in California and is the author of best-selling books, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom and Sovereign Self. Shunya, I, I cannot wait. This conversation is just so exciting to me. Um, let's begin where we begin, where is, how have your ancestors shaped who you are today and the sacred work that you're bringing into the world? I've been so much shaped by my ancestors, so blessed and so prepared by my ancestors those I knew personally and those I've only heard of that I couldn't be the person I am today on the world stage without them. In fact, this knowledge that I bring forward, which is known as the Vedic tradition, the oldest tradition of wisdom from India, um, it has come to me passed down from one generation of ancestors to another over 2000 years. And that's who I have become. I lost my mother early on. So the people who raised me included not just my father, but my grandfather too. And I was raised not just biologically by them, but I was given this knowledge, these tools, these um, spiritual and ritualistic insights and practices that I now bring to my students worldwide. And it, it shaped me into becoming a powerful woman. And I recently wrote a new book called Roar Like a Goddess because they gave me also divine feminine wisdom to use in this difficult world and share 
with whoever cares to learn. Thank you so much. And that is so beautiful. And so I find rare, I've spoken to so many people, the fact that you had a tradition that's been passed down for 2000 years, that is incredible. And, and what a blessing. Um, Shunya, have you had to transform or heal any ancestral patterns um, in order to be who you are today? For a long time, I thought, wow, I'm so blessed and I'm just going to continue um, with these ancestral patterns of kindness and generosity and, uh, you know, doing good in the world. And I continued with that, except that I had to have a reality check in the 21st century where my generosity was taken for granted, where my kindness was viewed as my weakness, where my giving was just, it had become like one way and I was not receiving back because I was not asking. And I had to go back in and say, you know, my, it's not that my ancestors gave me wrong teachings, but they also did tell me that you have to teach as per the era in which you have manifested. And they lived in different times. And that's when I established businesses, which clear give and take. I established boundaries of how accessible I am as a spiritual teacher or not. I established an avatar of myself, a manifestation of myself that is deeply kind and compassionate, but is deeply professional at the same time. And this is an unlearning I had to do from my own ancestors who were you know how it is back back in those more traditional cultures where they are the elders in society, they are in everybody's home and everybody's in our home. And I had to establish a different uh, version of myself. I also had to unlearn um, some teachings that work for men. All my ancestors uh, the teachers in my family have been men and I was the first female teacher uh, and we are like a family of householder teachers so we do take on partners and lovers and husbands and wives and and I had to rewrite the bible so to say of how to be a spiritual wise woman and not just a man and I that's why I had to become a roaring goddess so these are some changes I brought about, additions that um, my ancestors didn't give me directly, but definitely gave me many blessings that I could be this person that I am. I love that so much. And you really, I mean, I, I, I related completely because especially when we are taught, you know, generosity, when we are taught giving to community, we start to give selflessly, right? And not asking and creating boundaries for our own wellness, for our own mental health, and for our businesses are so important. Do you feel, you know, becoming a roaring goddess, do you think that this is like, that this is something that everyone can attain, that everyone, I mean, should attain? I mean, we're all different, of course, we all have different paths. But do you think that this is really important for women today? For women today, people of fluid and non-binary genders, and for men too, probably, but men have societal support and unwritten rules that protect them. But for women who are vulnerable, and we're natural givers, 
We are, and, and I don't want to change that womaning part of me, but along with being a woman and doing my womaning, I also want to do my humaning. I want to like grow into a smart human. And that's why I wrote Roar Like a Goddess or I offer my teachings to every gender. That's a smart way to be. Even animals have their boundaries. You have, you encroach them beyond a point. They, a sweet animal will begin growling at you or snarling at you. Plants often emit <laughs> fumes to protect themselves. And why us humans? And why should we not do the world a favor by each of us embodying our self-loving, self-respecting, self-celebrating boundaries. They need not be harsh boundaries, but they need to have clarity. And there needs to be a, a thought process that has preceded the instilling of those boundaries. And my students tell me that it's actually easier to relate with me because they know what I'm expecting and what I don't want. We, we actually start giving each other better emotional cues. There'll be less emotional suffering and definitely less physical sexual abuse. Thank you so much. And it makes so much sense. In our desire to be bountiful and generous, there are these murky waters where yep. people don't know and they trample over, and then we have to have the communication, then they might feel bad. But if they know, I'm not gonna answer your email or your call over the weekend or however it goes, or we need a couple of days that that um, we'll get back to you, then they're not taking it personally, we're not dealing with that, and it all works out. So I love that you're sharing that. Um, do you have do you feel and I mean you've you've alluded to this before where you said that you've been taught you've been guided and then it came a moment where you said well I have to rewrite this bible so to say or this sacred book the sacred way of being what are some of the gifts that you are leaning into that that are ancestral that are from that come from your lineages the biggest gift that I'm leaning into that is ancestral is that my ancestors have passed on this great non-dual wisdom to me, known as Advaita. Advaita is a Sanskrit word, which means not to. That the multiplicity, even like I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, this is apparent. We have separate bodies, but at a deep down level, we have a common address. We have a common self, a common consciousness. This vision has allowed me to trust and relax deep inside me. And even the so-called difficult people in my life, I really feel is my own self wearing different dark clothes to challenge me, to help me show up, grow up and to make me a better person. So I never feel this them versus me situation. I don't become a victim anymore. I'm a co-creator of my life experience. So that was really amazing gift that I lean into every day. When I pray, I don't just pray for my well-being, or my upliftment, for, for every being, every being known and unknown to me, known and unknown to our humankind. And then uh, every sentient heart. And uh, then I have been gifted Ayurveda, which is the science of health and healing, and yoga, which is well known, and these are sister sciences. I use them for my own health. I'm supposedly suffering from a genetic condition that puts people in 
wheelchairs or on, uh, you know, painkillers and I'm walking free as a result of uh, ancestral medicine, knowledge of how to lead my life in a fulfilled way. And ultimately, I want to share with you, based just on the conversation we had informally, that I went through a dark period in my life when my first marriage fell apart. And in India, um, most marriages work, like they make it work. And so uh, divorce is still a big deal worldwide, especially if you're a woman. But in my culture, it's like, you know, there's something awfully not okay with you. And if you're a spiritual teacher and divorced, then you're like, you really don't have that extra magic to keep your man with you. And I was filled with not just criticism, but inner judgment. Mm -hmm. And naturally, I lost my light. Mm -hmm. And also, I didn't have any ancestral record of divorce. So I didn't, again, know how to navigate it. It was new territory. But I started praying to my ancestor, to my guru, to my teacher, to my grandfather. I started praying to my mother, my grandmother, these strong women in my life who had stayed in their marriages, but on their own terms, they were really strong women. And something unique happened where I felt their presence in a very visceral sense. And I, and I received messages from my teachers and my mother and my grandmother to, to just love myself back to health. And did I do that? Because not only did I overcome my personal darkness, but now I'm said to be someone who brings light into their students' life through my books, through my teachings, and through my nonprofit work also. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that. And, and the weight of it, of societal expectation and tradition. And like you said, you didn't have a record of it occurring. So you were the first. And from rising from that darkness to be able to shine your light and support others or questioning, right? Because some of us don't have records of, um, I don't think there's a record in my family now that you bring that up of someone who didn't get married till late in life and didn't have kids, but lived fully and did what she wanted, right? And so now that I think about it, and so thank you for that, because that could be also a moment where we feel really lost when we can't tap into the experience within our ancestral patterns or ancestral story, ancestral lineage, and how we're creating a new way. You've created a new way by, by healing yourself and, and shining this light. So thank you for that story. It's just really profound. Um, and, I, and I understand as being Latina, I mean, now we're changing, but it, it, the pressure of, the, of Catholicism and of that you must stay married, that Christianity, and how there's something wrong with you if something happens, no matter what is happening with the partner. And so that, that is very deep. And I think uh, something that women have suffered worldwide in, in many different uh, levels and ways. Uh, something that comes to me too is how did you move from this wise person, this teacher, this healer, this um, sage to a business person? Was it natural? Do you relate to that term? Um, you've created found a foundation, you have, you know, books, you have classes. How do you see yourself in this spiritual business? Do you see yourself in a spiritual business? 
We have a whole goddess known as Lakshmi for wealth and abundance. And then uh, it's not just spiritual abundance, but material too, because we are embodied spirits. And while spiritual elevation is must and fundamental, uh, it is also necessary to be materially happy and thriving and our desires fulfilled to a reasonable limit. And my tradition gives us a whole entire goddess. But somewhere along the way, a pretty balanced tradition, the Vedic tradition, which balances the spiritual and material and doesn't ask us to choose one over the other, became as worldwide skewed. And it was important to be more holy than whole. And wholeness is so much better than holiness because holiness requires a rejection of your material self, which is not what my ancestors were teaching. But then the world I live in today and when I look around, there are so many spiritual teachers aspiring to prove a point of how non-material they are and how they want to stay away from concepts of money and wealth. But, uh, you know, money and wealth is a force of good. It's a force of dharma. And dharma, again, is a Sanskrit word, which means not just well-being for you, but for all beings. And to do the philanthropic work I do, to do the, to, to, to give the scholarships I do, and to do the, um, and, and to, and to, continue to be a light in the world who speaks her truth and and embodies enlightened vulnerability. I need all this material um, uh, material resources to be that person. And it was for me to role model the, not this excessive behavior of choosing spiritualism at the cost of materialism, but holding them both softly and holding them so that they work for each other. And that is when I uh, went forth then in my newest avatar as an out and out spiritual businesswoman, bringing spirituality into the work of business and profession, having ethics drive our organization, having dharma be the foundation, making sure that our pay scale or, uh, or even the sale of our classes and workshops happens in a responsible ethical manner while making room for taking a bunch of that profit and after our needs and our requirements are fulfilled, ensuring that some philanthropy is happening. So I feel like all my energy is flowing now because I am not saying no to this goddess called Lakshmi. There is another goddess called Saraswati who represents wisdom and intuition and introversion and, you know, it doesn't matter where she is materially. But I got both these goddesses and I got the third goddess Durga who's sheer power and courage so I feel like I'm roaring like a goddess myself and I have the resources to dream and to bring well-being to a lot of people in that dream. Thank you so much that was just so beautifully shared so beautifully said and as you said you know holy or whole we want to be whole Right, because holy is is really false. It's a it's a delusion, illusion. It doesn't allow for all of us. And when we are all of ourselves, this is being an embodied soul on earth. So thank you so much for that. Uh, if 
folks are watching when, you know, as folks are watching and they're starting their business, they're starting their spiritual business. Um, what would you suggest, you know, a couple of steps or a couple of things that they can start working on? You know, they've, let's imagine that they're already trained, that they have some spiritual healing already, some spiritual work for folks who are starting out. What, what advice would you give? Every blade of grass has an intrinsic value. So, and this universe cannot thrive without that blade of grass. We're holistically connected. You are that unique being entity unit in this universe that is flowing special gifts, special ideas. You are a live wire of divine feminine electricity. Do not take your value for granted. Do not toss yourself. First, sit in meditation, contemplation, and hug yourself and really value yourself and value the fact that you're willing to, you've been willing to grow up, you've been willing to show up, and you're willing to do the work. That's huge. How many people just live in a sloth? They live, they eat, they make love, they live, they eat, they make love, and that's it till they die. That's it. And you're willing to become a conduit of light and the whole universe wants to support you. The air is flowing for you. The sun is shining for you. Mother Earth is growing food for you. So now you must value yourself and then do not let that value drop, whether you are doing pro bono work or you're doing for-profit work because either which way it has value. Even if you give yourself free for any reason, you're teaching a free class or a free workshop, then the least you should get back is respectful listening, respectful, uh, you know, recognition of your gifts. Do not, do not indulge or allow the energy of irreverence surround you or deplete your value. And when you set up your spiritual business, there are two parts to it, spiritual and business. The business part should have complete clarity of the give and the take and the exchanges. And But the spiritual part is that make sure that you deliver. And because you're spiritual, you can even over-deliver. You, you can have a personal value system of delivering on time, delivering what you say, so there's truth there, and maybe even being generous, an extra gift or two can be added there. But the business part of you has boundaries of expectations of from the, from the beneficiaries and from what you shall give. So if you're going to give four things and you're agreeing to give a fifth gift and then stop there, don't just keep giving, 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 that's for sure. And in a spiritual business, the last part I want to say is that we feel that business is um, business is only an instrument, a vehicle to spread the light. So when you're doing spiritual business, don't reduce yourself to having to do it all from inside you alone. Go ahead and connect with divine consciousness, whatever way culturally appropriate for you. Uh, pray, meditate, and then be a business person. And we need more of you people in this world. Yeah. 
Oh, Shunya, that was so beautiful. And I feel so on point. Give, but do not overgive. And make sure that what we say we're going to give, that we give it. That is very important to build relationships and build trust with our community, with our audience, with our clients and our students. Thank you so much. How can we, how can folks find you? How can they take classes, buy your book? Where can we find all that? My books by my name are available everywhere. And I'm sure you'll type my name in the show notes so people can write it. It's a bit different spelling wise. So just pay attention. But once you, once you, go to any bookshop you hang out to buy books you'll find my three books Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom for Well-Being and Health which is the foundation of any work you do Sovereign Self for Emotional Sovereignty in case we're giving too much attention to other people's opinions and scripts and then and and then roar like a goddess to understand how to be courageous like Durga abundant like Lakshmi and intuitive like Saraswati, something like you are Vanessa, something like I am. These these growing goddesses are not ancient people. We are here and now phenomena and these goddesses are really universal archetypes which are timeless for us to learn from them. My website is easy to remember. It's awakenedself.com. Awakening is a big word in my tradition and for me and for a lot of you. So that will be easy to remember, awakenedself.com. And I offer classes and workshops and uh, teachings. And you'll also find lots of free gifts on my website because I'm a spiritual businesswoman and I want you to have more, more than uh, you expected when you find teachers like me. Thank you so much, everyone. Please follow Shunya, read her books, um, continue to connect to this wise woman who's really uh, making a path, not only in your tradition, but I think for all of us is, I don't have a book out yet. So as I'm listening to you, I'm like vibrating. I'm like, it's time, it's time, it's time. And so thank you for inspiring all of us. Thank you for shining your light so brightly. Uh, gracias a todos por estar aquí. Thank you everyone for being here. And um, may we continue shining our light. May we continue creating boundaries. May we continue um, being vessels for spirit and being embodied goddesses and, and gods on earth, right? So thank you so much. Thank you, Shunya. Thank you.